Davis having a go at Woodman here, and Davis beats him with ease. Terrific run by Davis. Good delivery too, and Tanner scores! And it's Strat Holt again! Wonderful play from Davis down the right. Played it in, and Holt with an emphatic finish from 12 yards into the bottom corner. 26 minutes played. Wickham nil. Shoot me time two. Hello and welcome to Salacast, another Time Machine episode. Mm-hmm. And this time we're going back to the sport, well, actually to say this time, we're going back to a season we've gone back to a few times. Then. It's a, <laughs> a season with, with lots of good memories. Um, and this time we're going to Wickham nil, Shrewsbury Town 7. Unreal. Um, it's, yeah, I think this is probably the only time we'll go back to a um, Football League trophy game. <laughs> um, but this is quite a momentous one. So it's October 2008. Um and the attendance was was in in on kind of par with what we expect from the the trophy. Yeah. But the scoreline was a bit different, though. Certainly was. Yeah, seven nil. Um, there's a lot of stats about seven nil this season, and we'll get into them as we, as we go through the game later on. But what a, what a magic game, really. And it, it's interesting, Ollie. We've just been talking before we recorded that we've done, I think, seven of these Southcast time machines now, and, and we've been at all the games, or at least one of us has been at all of the games we've covered so far. This is the first one we covered where neither of us were at the game, and, and it was for me really fascinating and watching the whole game back rather than just the goal highlights which I'd seen back in the day yeah it was one of those games I remember clearly remembering going damn I missed I missed mm. a game because obviously there was the Gillingham one I didn't see that um, live and then this one as well and it's yeah you miss 14 goals in two games it's quite phenomenal <laughs> uh, would be aggravating Ollie that would get on my nerves and um, yeah I did go to the Gillingham one luckily but yeah you missed them both gutted um, so yeah so it, it was a really good game to watch and, and, a, and a performance I think maybe of these seven that we've done in these Southcast time machines possibly one of the best performances I think it's a good question for the end of this podcast Ollie I'm going to ask you um, but yeah yeah so, hold fire for that I think yeah hold fire for that yeah but certainly one I'm, I'm looking forward to getting into so yeah let's wind back the clock to the 7th of October 2008 and yeah Shrewsbury Town knocking in seven let's go yeah it's been really good hasn't it from Shrewsbury this evening every player has played their part it's been a really hard working performance from Paul Simpson's side and what a way to set yourself up for back-to-back home games here come town again this is Leslie down the left-hand side in for Grant Holt Patrick for Grant Holt his first for Shrewsbury Town great ball in from Leslie Holt couldn't miss powerful header and this is a route so, 2008, um, we're at Adams Park, mm-hmm. Wickham, um, gl- glorious um, location that is um, their, <laughs> their ground, um, right next to United Biscuits, um, Willy Wonka site. Oh, and, yeah. um, so, who scored? Pretty much it was all by Grant Holt. So, we got a nice clean sheet, I'm sure Paul Hurst, Paul, Hurst, Paul Simpson was happy <laughs> with that. Um, so, yeah, Grant Holt scored on 12, 27, 80, 81 and 86. Brilliant. And with Kevin McIntyre um, and um, Shane Cantrell-Sterriff scoring two really good goals, um, one in the first half, one in the second half. Um, but yeah, attendance was 1,730. Um, and um, Stuart Dunn in the commentary said there was just under 200 town fans. So uh, yeah. you got it down here, Glenn, of 193 town fans. Um, so yeah. yeah, hardcore. Um, I imagine there was, um, yeah... A lot of hardcore fans um, in that, um, and I probably imagine um, a good good following from the Grey Army at this game. Um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting because it was one nine three town fans, and as I say, to go all the way to Wickham on a on a Tuesday night for a seven pm kickoff 
in the Johnston Pate Trophy in the middle of October when it was pretty cold by the sounds of um, how they were talking about it on the commentary. Um, yeah, that's, that's a hell of an effort, isn't it? That's one of those ones which you can have on your Shrewsbury Town supporters um, badge of honour, isn't it? Um, and as we said, we didn't go. But I'm aware that um, Chris Hudson, who was on our, our last podcast, was at the game. Um, so, uh, yeah, we know some people that were there. Um, and the interesting thing about the, the attendance, Ollie, was that during the commentary, Stuart Dunn's reporting that it was the town fans that made all the noise. And I suppose that's fair enough. But um, even before the first goal went in, you can hear the town fans making lots of noise. So it does show you, doesn't it, on a, on a night like that, 193 fans can make an absolute racket. Yeah, I think also it's worth. I think when you get into the context of where the two teams were, yes, um, I think probably helps explain that a bit as well, especially for our younger listeners who are, um, yeah, maybe in in nappies or, um, yeah, certainly not go driving to games uh, this time. Yeah, in terms of where they were in the stats, it's interesting because this this although it was a JPT game, this was a top of the table clash for League Two. You know, two very good teams uh, at the start of the season in October. So. Um, Wickham were, were top of League 2 at this point in time with 21 points and we were just behind on third with 18 points and you know we both had a, a very good start to the season with some, some good performances um, Wickham had won their previous game 3-1 at home to Bournemouth who were sort of upwardly mobile themselves um, we'd had a little bit of a, a, a poor result really on the, on the Saturday before where we'd drawn 1-1 at Darlington after Sean Thornton had rescued a point late on so it you know it it was the sort of game that was billed as being an, an upper top of the table League 2 clash but it didn't pen out like that did it? No, it didn't. It certainly didn't. It was there, and it, but it was, I think it's worth mentioning that, that um, they had a very strong defence. Okay, yeah. they did change team a bit, but still. Yeah, it, it, you know, you know, I remember them listening to commentary, and, and the centre backs hadn't been changed from their previous game, so they definitely weren't as as weak as as maybe they they could have been. They certainly kept some of their first players in, but um, yeah, some, some interesting stats to come out of this game. To be honest with you, Ollie, um, just before we get into to what actually happened, but. Um, yeah, this was obviously 7-0, the, the match where we beat our previous best away performance versus a Football League team. Um, the previous best had been a 7-1 win at um, Rochdale in the, in the 90s. Um, we had another game where we scored 7 that I missed. I remember as a kid being quite gutted about that, Ollie, um, when Rodgers went a bit goal-crazy, didn't he? Um, so yeah, we got 7 there and we'd obviously, we'd obviously done it previously uh, against Gillingham as well, hadn't we? So um, yeah, interesting. And when I say best performance, the best away performance, obviously the Gillingham game was at home. So... That was interesting. Grant Holt was clinical, wasn't he? How many how many chances did he have for his five goals, Ollie? I think it was pretty much five, wasn't it? Maybe he had one or two chances that he didn't score. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was pretty... Uh, fun. I felt a bit sorry for Hibbo because he had a few good opportunities, but they managed <laughs> to do some great defending when he had the ball. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I imagine he was a bit murked after this one. He was, yeah, you're right. And anyway, you, you're right about him not having many more chances. He had six chances in the game, scored five. That is absolutely clinical, isn't it? And and the most interesting thing at the end of the um, the, the commentary on the Shubtown website, it was a, an interview after the game where Grant Holt talks about having never scored a hat-trick before this game, which is... You know, when you know about his record and what he went on to do, it was a bit mind-boggling that he scored his first hat-trick in a, in a five-goal haul. Madrid. Yeah, you'd think he would have got one earlier <laughs> yeah. in his career. I would have, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? It's particularly the clubs he played for and, and uh, you know the record he had before he joined us. But no, that was his first hat-trick and a, and a well-respected one. Obviously, getting five goals, um, it's just worth the comparison that um, only Grant Holt and Alf Wood had scored five goals for the town in a game, um, not including the Welsh Cup. So... A record that still stands now. No one scored five since there, so you know he's in our record books for for a very long time, I'd imagine. Um, and as we talked about, it, it it was interesting. This was the second game we scored seven goals and, and won seven in in this season within three weeks of each other, um, which is which is fairly mind boggling when we talk about our goal scoring exploits of the last few years. But outside of those two games where we scored fourteen goals, in the other ten games we'd also only scored fourteen goals. So it's it was a bit feast and famine with goal scoring certainly at the start of this season, but. Um, yeah, very odd, really. Um, Hot's fastest hat trick during this game was was just a nine minute hat trick, which is right up there in the all time records. Um, 
And yeah, it was it was yeah, as I say, one of those weird seven o'clock kickoffs. So it, I did track all the assists of this game as well, Ollie. But we'll go through those as, as we get through the different yeah. goal scorers. But um, yeah, they were spread around a little bit more. Just want to so. um, while we're on the stats, Glenn, I just want to bring you back to this season. Yes. So how many players this season have scored five or more goals? Oh my god! Um, I want to say three. None. None. I, I I tricked you with my oh. leading question. So yeah, um, yeah we've got Doe on four, Cummings on four, yeah. and Pierre yeah. on three. So yeah. no one this season has even scored five goals. <laughs> and Grant Holt did it in one game. Do you think Grant Holt fancies a game? <laughs> you know, he probably could still do a job at his age now, and uh, with all his wrestling uh, training, he's probably still quite fit. So get get Grant Holt back. That's what I say, Ollie. Um, and uh, to be fair to Grant Holt, he did do a really good interview on the club website after this game went out, which was fantastic. And again, just um, go and have a look at the Shoestown YouTube page. Some really good stuff going out there. But yeah, it wasn't just a Grant Holt. It was a Grant Holt show, Ollie, but he wasn't the only one playing. And he wasn't, he wasn't by a long shot, the only player that had a really good game. So just run us through the starting lineup, Ollie. Yep, so you've got Glenn Garner in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got Ben Hurd at right back. Coffin and Langmead. Um, it's interesting doing the commentary that they kept mentioning that it was Langmead was... Really harsh that he didn't get the opportunity to start more games. So he was yes. playing central defence. It was, must have been one of the last games from Tierney. Um, mm-hmm. So he was playing. So it was nice to see him play again. And um, he went on to League One after this. Then I'm tr- it's hard to describe the midfield because the midfield, to call them fluid would be an understatement. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. The only player that kind of played in one position throughout the game was um, Kandor Sheriff, who yeah. played a kind of defence midfield role. Yeah. But Thornton, Davis and McIntyre kind of just went everywhere. Um, it was very fluid. And then you've got Holt and Hibbert, who, whose running style and football boots and everything, sometimes it is hard to tell who, which is which. It is. It's funny. In the, in the agenda later on, you probably read it through a bit, but I you know, I always used to describe and, and probably describe in the agenda as Dave Hibbert as being mini Holt in some respects. And um, the age wasn't too much of that. The difference wasn't too much, but he did almost like provide a mini Holt role and, and did a lot more running again than I, I, I remember going back to the discussions we've had about Sean uh, McAllister the other week. But yeah, an interesting team lineup. And just in terms of people who are missing, obviously, when you remember this season and you remember the exploits of, of everything that did go on towards the end of the season, you remember one particular player, Ollie, which we covered in the, the Berry game, which is Luke Daniels. And unfortunately, poor Luke would have probably played this game, but he got struck down ill. And there was a bit of a, a sickness going through the, the squad at this point in time because I think the game before last was away at Bradford and, and Paul Simpson didn't even make the game. He was so sick. Um, he'd obviously got a few people infected at the club by the sounds of it and they missed the occasional game. So, yeah, not great with, with the illness going around. So that's why um, Daniels was out. And then also Mike Jackson was just rested. So that's why Langmead came back in. Um, and yeah, and it's obviously a trophy game as well. So yeah. it's interesting that obviously he wants to keep momentum going and played. Yeah. we did play a, a strong first team. Very much. Yeah, there was only Jackson and Daniels who were both missing their first game of the season that were out of the regular starting lineup. Um, the subs that came on, as we'll talk about, are Walker, Leslie, and Ashton. And then the unused subs were Chris Humphrey, Hindmarsh. And at this point in time, Mark Pugh's been frozen out. He can't get a game, so he's, he's not involved in the starting lineup. Um, Darren Moss is still hanging around, but there's a, there's a few that are sort of on their way out the door, really, up to the January window. But, but, but yeah, but it's interesting that yeah, Moss played obviously later on in the season. Sorry, yeah, not, yes, uh, I'm right. You yeah, did. yeah. Yes. But it's interesting that Ben Hur didn't, and yeah. For me, for me, it's interesting. Just a little go on a tangent here. Mm. I watching these games back, and obviously watching the game against Berry, and then obviously remembering the playoff final. I think if we'd kept Tierney, we would have done a lot better, and I think we may, would have had a much better chance in the playoff final. 
Yeah, he was clearly because Ashton was a bit of a weak link in this in this team for me. And I think if we had Tierney, and he might sound a bit strange having a left back, but I think having a left back in such an attacking team and so such a good player, I think we would have done a lot better with Tierney. Just with that, I think that one piece would have made a big difference. Definitely. I, I, I must say on Ashton before, I always liked him as a player. He wasn't the most talented, but he was a hard worker and that's enough to win me over sometimes, Ollie. But I agree with you, Mark Tierney, as he went on to play for Norwich in, in the Premiership in the end, was clearly a class above and, and was unfortunate we lost him when we did. But um, he was fantastic in this game, I thought. And uh, yeah, maybe one of the missing pieces when we when we got to that, that thin end of the season where everything was on the line, particularly in, in the playoff final. I think I would totally agree with you, Ollie. Yeah, no, it's just like it was just something that I kept thinking as the game was going on. He's such yeah. a good player, but yeah, who so who was playing for the opposition? Maybe do you want to have just a quick summary? Yeah. Any names to pull out rather than doing the whole team? I'll run through the team. I know it's not too many names that really stand out here because obviously they made. Um, should you say they made five changes from their previous three one win against Bournemouth? But they had Jamie Young and Cole, who was absolutely atrocious as we'll get to. Um, Robbie Rice, Craig Woodman, uh, Leon Johnson, Dave McCracken, John Machino, Lewis Spence, Nathan Ashton, Scott McLeish, Mango Vieira and Matt Phillips. So obviously Matt Phillips, Scott McLeish really um, and John Machino played a lot down at the lower levels. You know, they're all players we came across a lot and I think it, I'm not 100% sure if it's the Matt Phillips that went on to have a pretty good career and didn't he play for West Brom? I should have looked that up. Might be. I'm, I'm like 99% sure that's true, Ollie. So maybe he was the standout player. Yeah, there wasn't too many players that stood out in this team um, because, let's be honest, they were, they lost 7-0. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they yeah, they weren't the best of sides. They weren't. He, well, it was the Matt Rich. It was. He, was the, yeah. was the, he probably, I guess, in terms of the players that stand out for me, that was the only name that really stood out, if I'm honest. Yeah, still a current premiership player, isn't he, Matt? Uh, well, yeah. championship player, I suppose, now, because we're yeah. probably in the championship. Yes. But I think he was the one that went on to do the most. Um, but yeah, you know, still enough names at our level there that were, were you know would, would have expected to do a job, but... They didn't, um, and I think this is what we're about to learn as we go into the into the game, really, Ollie. Because this was what I found fascinating. How many of these old games have we watched, Ollie, where uh, you've lamented our lack of uh, any kind of tactic from kickoffs, where we just pinged it straight out? Stuart Dunn described our kickoff as a kickoff routine that we regularly used. I don't really remember this, um, but it was basically a one where we sort of held on the ball for a second, and Ben Davis made a run forward, and we just tried to find him. I don't, I don't remember that being our regular kickoff routine, but Stuart Dunn assures me on this commentary it was, Ollie. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> kickoff routines is not. A, I wouldn't say it's a specialty of mine, but um, yeah, it's a he. But yeah, he does. Um, it's good to see the ball not going out of play. Let's say play that way. Yeah, it was an improvement on uh, some some of the nineties games we watched, Ollie, where you were tearing your hair out. Um, but it didn't take long for us to get right on top in this game, did it? One minute forty-seven. Town already creating chances. Um, Tierney, you talked about playing well, got up um, from from left back and. It was a regular thing during the game. I thought the Tierney crossfield balls into the box looking for Holt or Humphreys, sort of 40, 30 yarders. And on this one, Holt knocked it down and, and Sean Thornton, who was buzzing around, put it wide. But um, it was just a, a sign of things to come um, in terms of what town were going to do. I think it's probably worth reflecting here on, on the commentary, Ollie, because it was a bit of a surprise for me. Um, as people will know, I've talked about it on the podcast before, Colin Bloomfield, who was a, a BBC radio presenter, was, was one of my best friends. Um, grew up with him in Montford Bridge and... Uh, you know, we lost him um, a few years ago, um, and and uh, yeah, it was a really sad occasion. And as I turned this commentary on, obviously didn't used to listen to Colin all very much because I was at the games, or, or we met him after the, after the game and, and had a chat then. And it was it was Stu Dunn and Colin Bloomfield who made a very um, entertaining pair, I thought. And yeah, just you know, my own reflections really. It was absolutely great to hear Colin in sort of at his peak, uh, you know, being a sort of assistant pundit sort of thing. Very funny, very warm, very amusing, and uh, it is a really great listen back this commentary, I think, Ollie. Yeah, it was. I never, um, as I said to you on, on yeah. Facebook when we were, obviously we we chat in the day and stuff before we do these, <laughs> and I never, um, 
I've never really listened to much of his commentary. I had to listen to him more actually on Derby Radio. I don't know why or what. Or, <laughs> but obviously, I don't know if he's living in Burton or it just, just came Maybe. on. Or, I don't know. But yeah, when I was living that way, I did hear him on um, Radio Derby. Um, but yeah, he was really good. Really, him and Stuart Dumb had a very almost natural, um, respectful kind of partnership. Um, and it's really funny, and sometimes you could you could hear the journalist and the, almost the lead journalist in Colin as well, because sometimes yeah. he'd do summaries, which were for me like you know five live summaries that you would do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, obviously, yeah, it'd be nice if he'd gone on, and I imagine I'm sure he would have gone on, to, like, maybe gone to national radio. He was so good, um, and I know he was, yeah, with a lot of affection mm-hmm. um, from a lot of fans and obviously Derby fans in there. Their community as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. And as I say, just yeah, they were good friends, Danny and Colin, and that comes across as well. That sort of warm banter that you used to get anyone that knew him would, would recognise. But yeah, so I, I don't want to lament that too much, but I just thought it was a, a really nice thing for, 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 for me to flag up, really. If anyone wants to listen to a really fun shooting commentary and watch us win 7 0, definitely watch this game back on the website. Um, but yeah, so, so we'll touch on some of the things Colin and Stu had to say as we go through this because they, they brought up some relevant points, but we won't, we won't spoil that yet. Um, I always found it really interesting during the season, you know, Grant Holt was are a super striker, wasn't he? You know, Holt is a superman and all that. And it ended up being Dave Hibbert that wore the number nine all season and, and Holt obviously had his different number. I, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm just one of those people. I always found that really amusing. I always like my main striker to have the number nine shirt, Ollie. It doesn't really bother me. You don't, <laughs> don't you don't it give, really matters. You don't give it to matter. your number one striker on Football Manager? You don't give your number nine shirt to the number one striker? I potentially probably would do, <gasps> yeah, yeah, but okay. I wouldn't um, I wouldn't <laughs> lose any sleep if he hasn't got it. <laughs> Depends if they request a number of football managers. As long as you've got the putting the goals away. Exactly, as long as they're doing the job. Um, Interestingly, uh, one of the things that uh, Danny brings up straight away, which I thought was hilarious, was uh, the referee was Andy Warmer. Um, And I, you know, but until Danny reminds you of these things, you kind of think, oh yeah, I don't like him. What was the reason for? And then he reminds you that it was the trip to Histon away, where we we obviously lost hilariously away at Histon in the FA Cup. Well, it wasn't hilarious. Everyone was really annoyed. But um, yeah, so yeah, he owed us one. And he didn't, you know, in terms of the referee, Ollie, he didn't really stand out in this game, or did he? Didn't have anything to do. Um, at all, literally, he literally booked like two players in the whole game. So, yeah, one of those anonymous refereeing performances that I quite like. Yeah, he doesn't have too much to do in the game. There's a few no. nasty challenges from Wickham, um, but yeah, it was an easy game for him to manage. And the opening was pretty slow. Um, I thought Thornton buzzed about a lot in this opening five minutes. Holton Hibbert sort of winning all their headers, but the defence didn't look troubled. Um, and yeah, the, the the other thing about the commentary pairing was that they were sitting right next to the Shrewsbury Town fans this night, all 193 of them, and you can really hear them all throughout the game. And to the point that is a is a point about six or seven minutes in when Stuart Dunn's doing his usual regular presenting thing where he says, "And da da da, something's gone on at Telford," you know, and they just all started chanting um, about we hate Telford because they've heard exactly what Stuart Dunn said, and um, yeah, I thought that was hilarious as well. Um, in terms of the game, though, back to that, Wickham were terrible, um, even in this opening period. They they could not get offside to figure that, could they? They were offside all the time. Yeah, it was, I guess, <laughs> it was a useful attack for Wickham. Um, but yeah, I guess that was just this, the strength that we had in having two really good central defenders. Yeah. And um, yeah, they were they cruised through this game. Um, and I'm sure yes. they'd have been... They, well, we nearly conceded a goal near the end, but um, yeah, they would have been absolutely furious, I'm sure, if we hadn't got that clean sheet. And, and they had a, quite a comfortable game. They kind of cruised throughout the whole the whole show, really. Yeah, and it was only a couple of minutes later, 12 minutes in, and Shrewsbury Town are 1-0 up away from home at Wickham um, through Grant Holt. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it, one thing I'll say about this game is all the goals were good, I thought, Ollie. You know, you couldn't ask for... If you're going to score seven, to score seven quality goals is pretty impressive, isn't it? 
Yeah, probably this is probably maybe the I don't know maybe the worst one. It's quite simple, <laughs> but all the others, yeah, were have a really really top quality goals. Yeah, I mean this. Yeah, you're probably right. This was maybe the the more simple of it, but still a good a good goal to score. Um, a Davis free kick was sort of whipped in and punched out for a corner, and he, he runs across, you know, to take it from the other side of the pitch. And uh, yeah, really good corner deep to the back post. Um, and Grant Holt did what he did best that season. He just rose really well, got high. Um, you know, got away from his marker and, and perfectly placed his header into the into the bottom of the net. And um, keeper came out pretty poorly. I thought. I don't know what Poor the hell he defending was defending as well. He was. Yes. I don't know who was marking him. He didn't really put much of a fight, did he? No, none at all. <laughs> basically, and uh, yeah, and so you know, say it's one of the worst goals in this game. It's a bit harsh. It was a really good header, to be honest with you. And um, yeah, good delivery. You know, yeah, and good quality. Um, and then yeah, I thought it was interesting because I, I didn't think the whole as a Superman chant really took off until maybe after this game when he scored the five but um, it literally it must have been going on beforehand because as soon as he scored they were already chanting Holty as a Superman so yeah I, I forgot how early that chant started Ollie. yeah he was he was solid really I guess yeah it's, it's funny that we came at that so quickly but mm. I guess he, he was he's shown his quality in even just the first appearance he just knew that we had a um, a top quality signing there. Um, yeah, not you can't really say the same about um, Wickham's goalkeeper. No, this is the first of many times he was picking the ball out of the net. And oh, poor bloke, I feel a bit sorry for him to be fair. And he was having an absolute shambles. I mean, there was a, there was a minute only like three or four minutes later, I think fifteen minutes in, where um, as I described him earlier on, mini mini Holt, Dave Hibbert sort of closed the defender down. Um, it was sort of out on the on the left wing and forced him to play it back to the goalkeeper. Who, Initially looked like he didn't want any of it, and eventually came to clear it. And uh, Grant Holt closed the keeper down, and uh, he smashed it right into Holt's ass, and it just went out for a goal kick. So um, he, he was so lucky, but he, he looked so shaky from every little moment. Like those sorts of things were happening, um, and it was no wonder we saw seven against. He didn't the get a lot of protection as we go through. <laughs> he, he did not. He did not, and he did not want any back passes in this game. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, even then, after after that chance, they they were just rattled. We had three chances in a really quick succession on twenty one minutes with couple of long ranges from Sheriff that got blocked and then um, Davis crossed it into Holt and he couldn't quite get to it but you know by 20 minutes you know it's fair to see Ali how well Town are playing we are all over Wickham and absolutely flying at this point um, yeah yeah you know I, I, I often often talk about 4-4-2 but mm. this for me we're playing if you a, a bit of a similarity how Bournemouth play really attacking really fast forward two strikers um, and then kind of a lot of freedom a lot of movement um, from everyone um, and when it yeah. works like this it is a really difficult formation to play against because you basically got you've got two strikers two wingers two full backs central midfielder bombing on and yeah we just but it wasn't just the numbers was it the one twos yeah. the movement um the, the the kind of intelligence of the players you know you've got ben davis playing central field one minute then thornton's playing there and then he's then somewhere else and they're all swapping and changing um it just shows you how well drilled as we mentioned before um, how well drilled um, this team was. Um, yes. Simpson did do a good job, to be fair, in certain aspects. Hmm. Frustrating in others, but when it when it worked, and it's it's unique, isn't it, to have a, a team that scores seven twice, but then consistently can't do it. I don't know. It's, yeah, there's something weird in that. And the fact that we scored this seven away from home when we had so many problems away from home that season as well is a bit of a weird one as well. But going back to the way we're playing and how, and how you just described it there, I think you're completely right. The flexibility was, it was also you know effective, but also very entertaining to watch. Like this was entertaining yeah. to watch town play like this. And I think the two players that stand out in this opening 20 minute spell are Thornton and Davis. They, they just find so much space to pull the strings. And normally you might have a, you know, like we had a John Nolan or, 
a few players you can describe over the years who would have always been one defensive midfielder, one creative midfielder, and then maybe a couple of wingers. But with Davis and Thornton, it was so different to watch. You've almost had two quite similar players, both pulling the strings, and it ripped it ripped Wickham apart. They could not deal yeah. with both of them doing the same thing. And um, this is why I thought this first half particularly was such a good performance and, and so entertaining to watch. And we should just add, whenever Wickham did go on one of their sort of counter-attacks, he was so good at transitioning into the defensive play, and that was all through hard work, wasn't it? You know, even Davis and Thornton would chase back. Yeah, no, and it's it's for those for young listeners. Um, yeah, here's a, another month loan. Um, we had him on, on loan from Lake yeah. Orient. Yeah, um, and yeah, another another name. Um, God, we've had so many players over the years, um, but yeah, he was a good player, and they worked well. Um, him and Davis, as you said, yeah. into Lincoln and swapping position. And Town wanted Thornton, just to give a bit more detail on Sean Thornton. So I've heard a lot of Town fans talk about Sean Thornton as as one of the best one-month loans we ever had at the football club because he was exceptional in all the games we played. He basically played like this in all of them, scored away at Darlington, which we unfortunately drew, but he was really good. And, and we were desperate to keep him. And there were discussions between Lake Orient and us into, for keeping him for the rest of the season. And unfortunately, it fell through. I can't really remember why now. But I remember Paul Simpson being absolutely sort of gutted that we couldn't keep him. And again, we talk about Mark Tierney, but... Had we kept Sean Thornton for the rest of the season, you know, maybe that was another one of those missing pieces, really. Yeah, I remember how many assists he might have provided yeah, for, for, for Holt. Holt yeah. might have gotten 40 goals. Yeah, <laughs> could, have been, could have been a record-breaking season. But yeah, yeah, imagine that. That would have been unbelievable. Oh, goodness but, it's, me. but it's not unrealistic. No, it wasn't, no. And, you know, symptomatic of the, the way that those two were playing was like, um, we just got to 21 minutes, but on 22, we had this really good spell of passing, 20, 20 pass spells. This was amazing. Oh, just all around, Wickham are chasing shadows, literally, like men against boys, and uh, it ends with a, a Ben Davis shot over the bar at the end. But, you know, you were just watching this on 22 minutes in, and I was thinking... This, was, it, this is the best bit of football in the whole game, I thought. It, it was, was brilliant. absolutely, um, yeah, it's like absolutely brilliant football and some of the best football we've watched during lockdown. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> we haven't watched much football, have we, other than You know what I mean? So. <laughs> we've watched loads. We have watched a lot of football, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, true, true. For these podcasts. Some of We're still watching the game hard. a week. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. This this whole game, to me, feels like the best. I'm preempting that question at the end, Ollie. I'm not going to say anything yet. Um, but yeah, I said it was a matter of time until Town was going to score again. And uh, 27 minutes, it's 2-0 by Mr. Holt again. And um, yeah, this is all thanks to the hard work of Ben Davis, this goal, isn't it? Yeah, no, it certainly is. Um, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Um, so what happens, Glenn? How, 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 was, how did the goal come about? Yeah, so basically, um, Sheriff's got the ball centre mid, um, pings a lovely ball to Ben Davis, and it's, it's sort of going on to his head, and he, he just heads it down the line. Um, and the defender, I think it is, is Woodman, I think he's the defender, he's kind of in ahead of Ben Davis, and, and Ben Davis is just chasing him down the line then to try and sort of at least harry him. Um, and Woodman looks like it's covered, but Davis just burns around, and runs off the pitch around him on the byline, and nabs the ball back, goes straight into the box and just perfectly picks out Grant Holt um, who hits a shot first time with his right foot powerfully in from about the penalty spot and the finish oh, yeah class yeah, yeah. <laughs> nearly swore uh, <laughs> it's just like and for me that that is where you see that and that you watch that goal and then you go if a scout was watching that you'd be like you should be in the Premier League it is an yeah. unbelievable finish and it's so calm it's so precise it's yeah. so it's just like textbook strike. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it looks so easy. Yeah. But it's not, it's is not. it? It's no. a really, really hard um shot to score. And yeah, as you say, um two players which um gone to play on the championship 
um, yeah, um, performing and, and connecting. First, first time shot. Do you know what I mean? And, and those are always a much better goal. You know, he just he's he's just got it perfectly. He's hit it perfectly. He's caught it perfectly, and just so much to like about that goal. Um, you know, again, really good goal. We, we maybe should do on Twitter a, a poll of which of these goals people like the best because it will be difficult. Um, but yeah, just a really class goal, and, and Wickham were chasing shadows as I said. So. Yeah, 27-2-0, you know, approaching pretty much game over the way it's looking like it. And um, 29 minutes, Wickham have a free kick. And I was thinking, all right, we've got to half an hour. They still haven't had a shot in the whole game. Not just a shot on target, Ollie, half an hour in. They haven't had a shot. And as Town fans, we know about that this season. Haven't seen Town do that a few times. But they get a free kick and they just boot it from long range straight out of play. Like at least about 20 foot over all the players lined up in the box ready for it. And God, that was a real symptomatic, symptomatic of how bad they were. Um, just woeful. Um, but yeah, we just kept coming out. More more good work from Davis. Um, he had a really good. He had a free kick down the other end, which he put over the wall, but the keeper saved and sort of showed them how to take a free kick. Um, and we've talked about this before. And it probably isn't worth lamenting the point, but again, in this game, is is his work on the dead ball. We talked about his free kicks last time, but actually, his work on corners in this game was amazing. Yeah, it was. He had. A, I do remember one that hit the first man. So oh, even, yeah. even Davis is um, can be uh, susceptible to a yeah to a Sean Wally special. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was it was good. Um, some some really good free um, free kicks and corners. I, I don't know if you picked up on this next moment I put in the agenda, Ollie, but it was not a goal, but definitely one of my favourite moments watching this back. So the ball sort of goes into the right back area. Yeah, this um, is good. <laughs> ben Hurd runs over and wins it back. Um, and instead of playing it back to the goalkeeper or just hoofing it down the line, he just backs into the striker, like takes his body weight on him, rolls the ball back, flicks it up, and then does four little keep ups, one one or two on his feet, one on his knee, and then just does a backwards volley and volleys it clear. And it was just a and symptom. gets stamped for a reason. <laughs> yeah, he got <laughs> left on the ground, didn't he? But it, it was just a, it was just a, a, a way to show how confident we were playing in this game. Yeah, no, it was good. <laughs> um, but yeah, and it wouldn't the town fans were gonna go happy in at half time because it's a really nice bit of play here to make it three 0 Oh, class, yeah. the ball and plays it into Holt again to talk about Holt's spatial awareness mm. he sees Kevin McIntyre in space passes it, passes it to him um, and then just absolutely blasts it into the back of the net at yeah. an angle um, it's one of those shots where you go was like was that just like poor goalkeeping and maybe but yeah. he hit it so quickly into, when I say quickly you know it's one of those shots where he, as soon as he comes to him he just hits it first time and I think the goalkeeper's just wrong footed Mm. Um, and he yeah, goes into the back of the net and another good goal um, and yeah town players linking it well just picked him apart didn't we you, you can see there's no right back on on the angle where you know he should be and it's because they've worked so hard the front players they've moved the yeah. whole of the defence across the other side of the pitch and all yeah. Kevin all Kevin McIntyre had to did is st- 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 sort of rumble out of midfield make the third man run just beyond the back line and Holt just holds onto it for a perfect second and then he just plays that perfect ball like you described and, yeah Again, and this is what you want when you're playing two yeah. strikers. When yeah. you're playing two strikers, um, you need them to connect. You need them to work together. Mm. Um, and they did that well here. And as you say, they work so hard, both of them, throughout the yeah. game. Um, yeah. I remember um, or remember McIntyre doing that press interview where he said that Holt was working too hard. Mm. Um, but yeah, this was, this, was, this was a good team goal. Um, and yeah, um, it's 39 minutes in and Shooter Town are winning um, 3-0. And you can't see Wickham doing anything from, at this point. No, it was game over. I mean, it could have been 4-0 just for half-time. Kevin McIntyre takes a corner. Um, for some reason, Ben Davis wasn't taking it. And he plays it short to Ben Davis, who then gives it back to Kevin McIntyre. So they did a sort of uh, change the angle kind of cross in there. And it was right, difficult ball into the six-yard box and only just scrambled clear with Holton Hibbert sort of um, looking for any any sort of half chances that came off it. So um, we could have gone in and more up it. But after we scored the third, I mean... The whole of the first half, we just crushed them. We really crushed them. But after the third, up to the half-time whistle, we were 
rampant. Like the town fans were olaying the passes at one point, three 0 up, forty two minutes into a game away at Wickham in the JPT, um, and chanting it's just like watching Brazil. So maybe they got a little bit out of hand, but why not? Eh? Um, I think it's sort of just going back. You <laughs> said obviously about the league position, yeah, um, and they were doing really really well. They had a good specialist low, low league manager in Taylor. Um, and it's for me that's where football in the context of it is wonderful because yes. yeah you go you go against one of your your league rivals and mm. a team that are top you don't expect to be three 0 up um, like this um, at um, at this point and it's even funny because you know you put it into context even laminate that even more um, Colin at one point says you know Shrewsbury Town you know there's no way they're going to get five here when it comes <laughs> yeah. two 0 or something <laughs> and does. they're just having a bit of chat and it's like it just shows you like. This was a real, a bit of a shock, um, and yeah. I guess these, these, these are the these are the performances that were were great for the team, but also the, these are the form, these are the performances and the results that almost kind of really influences Simpson's legacy because mm. if they could do it now, none of this was a trophy game against a, a weak and Wickham side, but still, you know, if you could turn it on, why did we not do it more often? Yeah, and we played so well in this game. Um, it does, it does raise that question, but a very enjoyable game and enjoyable first half. Interesting. I was looking at some of the programmes from this season. Um, I think I'm quite right in front of me now, actually. And there's an interview with Dave Hibbert, probably February time, where they ask the outlet fans ask him a question. And, um, you know, one of the questions, like the third question in, which is obviously on top of everyone's mind, is why can't we do what we do at home, away from home? And Dave Hibbert basically can't answer the question. He's almost like, I just don't know, you know, don't think it, some things are running for us. We've just been a bit unlucky sort of thing. But... There was a, some sort of structural problem why we couldn't win away from home that season. And as you say, when you were winning this sort of game 7-0, it showed they could do it in certain circumstances. But yeah, you're right. It, it is it is a, a, a signpost on the way to Paul Simpson's legacy, unfortunately. Um, and some good, some bad. And, and some people sort of respect him for some of his time here and, and, and a lot don't. And it'll uh, be interesting to see how that, that sort of about 100% how that balances, really, if you were able to sort of interview every Shoes Town fan. I don't know. Um, but yeah, game. We saw the rest of the half out with no issues, uh, no problems. Got to half-time and Wickham had had zero shots in the whole game and that was a fair reflection of how it had been. So, um, interestingly, one of the conversations at half-time, I think Danny and Colin were about to start, start was, was Shane Cancel Sheriff better with long hair or short hair? Because he'd, he'd just gone to the short hair in this game um, and I always remember him having slightly long hair, but when he went on the buzz cut, I think he became a bit more of a, an imposing player. I don't know, what do you think? Yeah, he certainly looked a bit meaner. <laughs> he did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. He got that, that Kevin McIntyre kind of... Um, yeah, don't F with me kind of uh, um, look. <laughs> he got, I'm now playing central defensive midfielder, I need to look a bit harder kind of haircut, I thought. So there we go. Um, half time, uh, even though they were 3 0 down, they did not make any substitutions, which I thought was a bit interesting. We didn't either. Um, and yeah, this, the half starts with them coming out a little bit more agitated, I suppose. And You say the half starts. After that blockbuster first half, um, it's fair <laughs> to say that the first kind of 20 minutes of this half. Dull. Yeah, it's like, and again, I'm going to be annoying some people at the risk of annoying some people. For me, this is a classic four four two that just falls away. We have no control. We can't keep the ball. Um, yes, we're winning three nil. Um, I'm probably thinking, you know, we don't need to push here, but yeah, it's really weird. The game, yeah, completely. Re- and you know, you talk about half time. Half time is yeah, kind of not what we needed. 
um, and we don't come out the same team. I suppose it's hard to. You know the game's over. Yeah, you, exactly. They've they've seen the look on the Wickham players' faces, and they know they're not getting back into this. Do you know what I mean? And I think there's a, there's an element of that. Um, but you know, for me, that that only lasts really for sort of maybe forty five to sixty minutes, where the game's a bit slow. And there's a few things that go on. We'll talk about. But um, yeah, I was going to say that it started with a horrible late tackle on Ben Davis, which I couldn't believe didn't get a booking. And I was thinking we were forty five minutes in, and there hadn't been one booking, which is what I was talking about. That quiet refereeing performance, really. You would have, you, you know, there wasn't anything in the first half that maybe warranted a booking, but this this was probably the first tackle I did, and it was almost like, you know, he's letting that go because it is the first bad tackle in the game, even though it was forty five minutes in, which is a bit weird. Um, but yeah, I thought, I don't know, I think I agree with you about this first this period here. Um, Town did have a little bit of a go every now and again. There was a good cross Kevin McIntyre whipped in, which Hibbert almost put away. And as you say, um, this was that chance in the intro, me, yeah. really unlucky. Um, yeah. because it's a really good it's a good he gets a good connection with the ball but all of a sudden um, their central defenders turn into like Pablo Cannavaro or someone of that that, that ilk <laughs> and does an amazing block out of nowhere um, so yeah I can imagine he's a bit frustrated there what, what did you make of Dave Hibbert and his overall time with Shrewsbury Town were you a fan of him as a striker or not um, he's I always remember him for scoring with his arse away at Cheltenham <laughs> which was quite funny but he's one of those um, players that probably didn't quite um, I don't know, did reach his potential or what? But he was mm, one of those players mm. that always felt you could offer more than he than he did. Yeah, I think I would agree with you there. I, I remember not being a fan of Dave Hibbert when he was playing for us all that much. Um, you know, a sort of second string striker I always thought he was. And there was times where he wasn't that. He was like our first choice striker for a few seasons. And, yeah, um, he was. I never felt like he warranted that or he'd, he'd ever done enough to deserve it. But he was one of those players that had the quality. You know, you'd seen, he scored quite a few really good goals. Like I remember yeah, one against Ipswich, exactly. which he, he banged in. But then there were games where, as you say, the only way he'd ever come near scoring was off his arse. For me, mm. he's the classic player of this era where he offers, a bit like when we even signed, yeah, he offered more than, he had potential but never really yeah. fulfilled himself. And that's something no. I think was true of lots of players. Um, yeah, it's, and it's interesting, he's now um, a coach at Stoke City. Is he? Yeah. yeah right. Have you got his Wikipedia? Where did he go after us? I was just thinking, I couldn't remember. So he went, after us, he went to Peterborough and scored yes, only seven there. And a lot of players yeah. went to Peterborough at this time, didn't they? They were, they were always snaffling around for, for players. Um, and then, and then, like so many players of this era, <laughs> he just falls away to non-league, um, yeah. goes to non-Eaton Tamworth, and plays for your favourite team, AFC Telford. Yeah, I remember you um, went to Telford. Where he yeah. scored not so many goals, but yeah, his time at Shrewsbury is definitely the highlight of his career. Yeah, I think that's a fair reflection on him. As I say, he was always a hard worker. You couldn't, you couldn't really argue for that. A typical Shrewsbury Town hardworking player. But yeah, an interesting reflection on on Hibbert really. Who um, didn't have, he did he did have a decent game in this and was a bit unlucky not to, to get on 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 the chance of uh, a couple of little half chances. But uh, one of the things that didn't happen in the game, but was interesting on the commentary, was that um, after I think. Sheriff had toe poked one on target from about 30 yards out with good effort that from 30 yards but just after that then uh, Stuart Dunn turned his sort of commentary thoughts to uh, looking at the tendencies around the Football League for the JPT games and he, he went on this sort of long well not long but a bit of a tirade lamenting that Chester only got 900 fans in as a, league, as a league club for a JPT game and I did think at the time little did Stuart Dunn know what would happen once B teams got introduced yeah. to this and competition. it's really funny because Colin's <laughs> saying hi oh, they're trying really hard to keep this tournament going yeah. <laughs> and it's like um, um, yeah, you, you could use that. That's something that you might hear Mark Elliott say um, when, when the season comes back. Yeah, I doubt Wickham get 1,000-odd for, for a game like this in the JPT in October anymore. You know, I suspect that it's down on, on even that. And uh, yeah, there we go. <laughs> that was quite an interesting reflection. But yeah, 50-60, you know, I think Wickham had their best spell of the game. They had a bit of possession, passed it round. 
but again, weren't creating any danger, still didn't actually have any shots. Um, and I did put in the agenda, this might be their best spell of the game, which isn't saying much because they were still pretty woeful in general. So yeah. um, it's not it was a little count. bit men boys at times. <laughs> it was. Um, um, there's a really good bit where they did have a counter-attack and Langmead just really yes. calm, um, tracks back and just puts in that kind of that tackle where it's just like, well, you shouldn't really have made that tackle so easy, but he made yeah. it so easy because his positional play was so good. That was on 60 minutes, yeah, just just on the 60-minute mark where he came back and, and it was so good that he came back and won the ball and didn't even give a corner away, did no. he? Which, which was taking <laughs> really the mick a bit. Um, just before that, though, um, Holt had almost got his first hat-trick. You know, he'd obviously not scored one when 55 Sheriff sort of bombed on from midfield, um, lifted it over defender really nice that put Holt in one-on-one and he, he flashed a shot across goal. It was really well hit, but it ended up probably going about five yards wide and he must have already been thinking then, is this hat-trick going to come? You know, 55 minutes in, he had plenty of time to score it, but um, yeah, he, he must have been starting to worry a little bit. Yeah, worrying. I'm not sure if he was worrying, but yeah, again, yeah. maybe frustrating that he wasn't going to get those chances. But little do you know, in the act of way. And again, yeah. it's another game where the last um, last part just goes mad. Mm, it is. We're almost there. We've got a couple of other things to cover because uh, a miracle of miracles. 61 minutes. Wickham actually finally had a shot in the game, Ollie. For first of the game from absolutely miles out um, by Spence and he ballooned it miles up over the bar. So I thought you wait 61 minutes for your shot and you almost kill someone in the upper tier. So um, yeah. Yeah, not, not the greatest. Um, I think um, for me that was a, <laughs> it's really funny. I was listening to a podcast um, and they were talking about how a player to try and get his sprints up would sprint to take a corner. Just yeah. So he came up on the GPS. I don't know whether this was just yeah a, a bit of a, a stat to say that they had a shot. It seemed a bit forced. Mm. It was one of the first shots. Yeah, we blocked so many of their shots. To be fair, that's why their centre backs deserved a lot of credit. They they did block a lot in the in the game. It wasn't like they weren't trying to shoot. It was just that you know um, the two centre backs because they couldn't get into our final third, could they? Yeah, yeah, no, they couldn't. No, um, Davis whipped another really good ball in again. This was another chance that Hibbert had, and and yeah, it took a lucky bounce this one up, and the keeper claimed it. He was he was a bit unlucky there as well, Hibbert. Um, and then I thought at this point, you know, you talked about the game sort of wheedling, sort of wheedling away a little bit and not being quite as intense as the first half and Town not playing quite as well and Wickham still not being good. You always noticed it because Grant Holt would come deep and on 65 minutes, Grant Holt came really deep two times to get the ball, almost to say like, I'm bored lads, can we can we kick it on a bit? And to me, the, the game kind of picked up a little bit from sort of 65 minutes on and I think it might have been Grant Holt's cajoling that kind of got, got them going again because uh, yeah, we did pick up a little bit after that. I thought Leslie did well again when he came off. Yeah, so what minute did Leslie come on? I'm, I'm not to, sure. I lost my myself now. Uh, yeah. yeah, 71 minutes. So, yeah, it wasn't too long after the, the Hulk started coming deep. They'd been, just before we got to Leslie, Hibbert had a long shot. Um, yeah. And that was probably the third or fourth chance he'd had in the game that he, he just he was either unlucky or didn't really get away with it. Um, he did well on 70 minutes to win us a free kick, um, you know, sort of backing in, using his sort of um, t- his sort of big chest, which he used to just, you know, bring the balls down with. Um, interesting, Davis left this one and uh, Sheriff had it from a set piece, but straight on target, straight at the keeper. Um, and another thing I thought in this game, Ollie, was, uh, you know, Ben Davis was class on set pieces, but how many good set piece takers did we have? Sheriff was decent at them, McIntyre was decent at them, Thornton was good at them. You know, you had four really good set piece takers. I'm and, sure and Tierney Hol- could take one as well Holt scored a couple of free kicks in that season yeah. from sort of closer in it was a real bonus the, the set pieces for free kicks in this team and also the targets the central defenders and Holt as well yeah know, again more more reason why we should have done better maybe this season yeah um, but yeah um, and as I say it was Leslie that was starting to have an influence on this game yeah he did have an influence when he came on I think and, and, and we'll talk a little bit more about that as the game evolves but yeah we should just reel, reel, reel through the substitutions really because on 71 minutes 
there was five subs, which is a lot. And even Stu Dunn got confused on the commentary. He didn't know who was coming on for anyone. Um, but Wickham made a triple sub, and they brought on Ollie three of their regular players from the the three sort of three that they rested. So it was definitely improving Wickham. Um, it didn't it didn't improve them because I think they came on with very little to care about in this game, and obviously we absolutely smashed them this one onwards. Um, and then Town made two subs. You say Kev, Kev um, McIntyre went off for Steve Leslie, and then Richard Walker came on for yeah the unlucky Dave Hibbert, which seems to happen quite a lot this season. Um, and from there, yeah, you're right. This is where the game starts to go crazy. I, I do think, Ollie, that triple sub from Wickham um, and us making two weakened them more than it, and, and we got a bit stronger, if anything. And um, it was it was definitely a, a series of substitutions that changed the game in our favour a bit more. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's weird. That you'd think you'd bring in a few more players on that they would do better. Yeah, um, but yeah, it didn't, didn't really wasn't really the case, was it? <laughs> no, it wasn't because literally three minutes later it was four nil. Um, and yeah, Shane's Council Sheriff, as we said about set pieces and, and his quality on those, he scored an absolute banger of a goal, didn't he, for for a defensive central midfielder and someone who was also you know, mostly a defender. Um, yeah, it, this was a really good goal, wasn't it? Yeah, it was superb. So again, Glenn, what happened? Another goal yeah, to so- discuss. Yeah, ball over the sort of Wickham's right hand side, um, and then yeah, as you say, Steve Leslie, who would just come on sort of seconds after he come on, really sort of nicks it back off uh, a defender, plays it, sort of runs it into Sheriff, who takes a touch, lifts his head up, sees the awful goalkeeper off his line, and just lofts his shot high on the angle up over him and, and straight into the net, and just a, a really composed, clever, um, you know, studious finish, I suppose, just to to take that touch and look up was was a bit of class, wasn't it? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, really, really nice bit of play. Yeah, and then, yeah, you you sort of start to talk about Steve Leslie and how well he did since he came on. But, um, yeah, he had a cross which almost caught the keeper out. Um, he was a bit nervous about that and, uh, yeah, just about sort of went over for a corner, I think, in the end. And uh, 77, we made our, our last sub where I think Tierney looked to me like he was tiring a little bit, Ollie. Um, yeah, so- it wasn't. Yeah, I guess maybe he didn't want to, well, yeah, didn't want to maybe... Yeah, maybe wanted to get the money. I'm not sure, but yeah, obviously <laughs> he he moved on fairly soon to Colchester. But yeah, brought on Ashton and maybe saving his legs. Um, yeah, but I think it's worth saying this next goal was uh, there's, not, there's something something I don't know. There's something almost poetic about a headed goal like this. It's mm-hmm. really really nice bit of play. Um, so yeah, long goal kick. Um, Holt wins his header, and then Hibbert wins it. It comes down to Leslie, and then Leslie just put an unbelievable cross in, um, yep. and then Holt just comes in. Um, and yeah, unmarked, leaps up, heads it down for his hat trick. Really, really good move. Um, and a yes. super ball into the super ball into Holt. Yeah, fair play to Leslie. It was a real good pick for for an assist. And uh, yeah, Holt was criminally unmarked again, wasn't he? Considering they were playing their first choice centre backs, it is embarrassing how much space he kept finding. And uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a really swift, slick move. You know, from from goal kick to to goal within about what twenty twenty five seconds. And you know when we clicked and when we were doing well at home, that's what this team was all about. It was it was it was swift and slick, you know, and it was difficult to deal with. And uh, you could see Grant Holt meant meant a lot to him to get that hat trick because he just got the ball out the back of there and just kissed it and then just dropped it as he ran away, knowing that you know the game wasn't quite over and he didn't get to keep it. But you know, for for a professional footballer um, and a striker and, and one that's you know by that point been playing what twenty six years of his you know twenty six he's been playing you know what. I don't know, t- 10 years of his career since he sort of probably came through as a youth lad. It must have meant so much to get that first competitive hat trick. Yeah, no, it was good for him. And he was just clearly pleased to get the goal um, and appreciated, obviously, the work of his teammates because, again, this was another team goal. Yeah, he did. He went straight over to him. Every time he scored, he would go over and sort of point at the player that had done well in the assist. And, and I thought, I think all the goals were celebrated really well by the team. You could see that. You could see there was unity there, that's for sure, in this team. And uh, something that obviously stood us through some, some tougher games as the season went on, really. But that was 80 minutes. And we weren't messing around now, were we? We basically scored straight away. 
and got got the got the sixth almost straight away, didn't we? Yeah, it was really strange. They just <laughs> again there was something just kind of broke from them in their team. They just mm. almost gave up. I think the first thing. Yes, um, I they think they gave up a bit, um, and then yeah, um, didn't take very long to get that that sixth one, and it's like that Superman again. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, they they'd completely gone, as you just said then, Wickham, and they kicked off. We just got the ball back within about 20 seconds, played it back to Garner, and once again, he clears it long. Um, Walker wins the flick on, it bounces behind Holt, and this is another bit about how class Holt was. This is another great goal. So it bounces behind him, and he just lets it come past him, um, and then 25 yards out, on the turn, just hits this hard volley that sort of sails over and to the left of the goalkeeper um, for his fourth, and an unreal goal and you know we, we, we can keep talking about Holt but this goal just was about power and clinical finishing wasn't it yeah brilliant brilliant goal absolutely <sighs> superb yeah it's great the commentary on this is good as well um, yeah it's all Dunny doing his, his different bits and pieces I think this is maybe this is the one where he says things are getting better and better and better I oh, know that's the seventh goal sorry I got that wrong but yeah every goal that goes in Stuart Dunn is, uh, is very very pleased um, so yeah 8-1 6-0 um and then they start talking about, well, we get seven. You can hear Shrewsbury Town fans chanting, we want seven. And uh, we had to wait a little bit longer for the seventh one to come. Because um, Wickham had a little moment where they almost scored. 82 minutes. Um, and Garner had to make his first save of the game. Um, I think it was Grant that got forward, uh, unchallenged, and hit a low drive that Garner sort of just turned around the post. But I think Stu Dunn commentary was being a bit um, nice to Wickham. Because to me, it looked like it was going wide. So I don't know whether that means they had a shot on target or not. But um, 82 minutes, yeah, they, they had a corner. It got recycled. And then they had another shot, which Garner had to save. So two shots in a minute for Wickham it was almost unheard of really um, and yeah town, town fans were chanting we want seven um, they almost got it with a corner came in and, and Thornton just shot over from distance on 82 um, and then yeah 86 7-0 Grant Holt absolutely embarrassing for Wickham Ollie um, yeah this this goal was, was also a good one as well wasn't it yeah absolutely superb again unstoppable yeah. unstoppable that's the word yeah so this time a ball forward Walker got a flick on um, to Holt um, and the defenders initially looked like they won it on this one but it kind of sits up and Holt just shows that fight and determination to get back wins it um, somehow ends up being goal side of two centre-backs um, and just basically slips between the defenders takes a touch and uh, stretches to score in, in the left-hand side of the keeper so five and this is this is the iconic Dunny commentary I've heard this before and it, he just he just starts going this just keeps getting better and better and better and, and that's a really really like it's one of those ones I wish was sort of a, a quote on a wall somewhere because it's a really good bit of commentary for quite a special moment isn't it scoring five goals yeah, no, it was. It was a good bit of commentary. Yeah, and as I say, five goals is historic. So to have a little bit of iconic commentary makes this all the better for me. I'm going to clip that out, Ollie. I think I'm going to play it in at some point during this. Uh... Holt shoots, and Holt has scored again! From 25 yards, tipping Wally. He slides forward, Yang and Klinsmann style. It just keeps getting better and better and better. Wickham nil. It was 7-0 on 86, and really, Town just poured forward the rest of the game, battered them. Didn't really have a clear cut chance for eight, Ollie, but Wickham didn't have any other chances, and we just, we just, we. It felt like with the right little ball or the right little move, we could have got eight, but it wasn't to be, unfortunately. And uh, yeah, seven nil, game over. Wait, do we, were you listening to this game on the radio, Ollie, or do you think it was one no, of those ones I that just passed you by? Yeah, I think I, I think I think I'd have just been probably watching the watching the goals come in kind of thing. Yeah, I think so. so. I don't think I'd have been watching or listening to it on on um, on, on Shropshire Radio. I think from memory, like we used to play football, like five aside, seven aside football on a Wednesday, and because this was, and we used to do it at seven o'clock. So um, 
I think this was what the game was. Oh, yeah, or maybe it was Tuesday, I don't know. When, when there was no town at home, we used to do it. So, um, yeah, I think I might have been playing football while this game was on. And I think I remember kind of getting back home from somewhere and, and seeing the scoreline. And it was thinking like it was 5 0 at that point in time and putting the radio on and listening to the last little bit of the commentary. So I didn't, didn't listen to all of it, but I do remember listening to the end of it at home with, uh, with my mum in the kitchen, I think, which was, you know, you know my mum, Ollie. She, lo- she loves the football. She would have had it on. Um, so there we go, Ollie. I'm going to ask you two questions. One, is this the best game we've watched on the Salakas time machine in terms of a footballing performance for Shrewsbury Town? No. No? What would no. you still have as the best? I think the Matty Richards game against Oxford. Oxford. Yeah. There was probably like probably the best period of game. Like yeah. That first half, particularly around the 20 minute, was brilliant. Um, but I think the start of the second half kind of let they let the game down. If, if, if a mm. 7-0 thrashing can be let down in any way. Yeah, it's the least troubled we've been in a game, I think. You know, in terms of, of, of the lack of a threat from an opposition team, I think this wins it um, because Oxford were, were, were pretty decent in that game when we watched them, but Town were just better, weren't they? Um, but yeah, maybe I think I would agree with you there. I li- think I'd like to, you know, have 10 games, write them all down and then sort of maybe rank them if we get to 10, Ollie, which I think we will with Alice Lockdowns going. So maybe that's what something we'll do. We'll get to 10 games and we'll rank them all as, as a performance and uh, see where we get to. And yeah, the, the second question I was going to ask you then is obviously, as I said, seven good goals in this game. Which one is your favourite goal in this game? I think it's the um, the, Grant, the Grant Holt one from the Davis cross, where he just sides, almost sides foot it um, into the back mm. of the net. For me, technically, I think it was the best one. Okay. I, I Yeah, that's, it's a fair pick. They're all good goals. For me, I am really find it difficult to pick between the... Um, God, I'm trying to remember which one it is now. The... The sixth goal, is it? The one where he lets it come across? Yeah, the sixth goal. So Holt's fourth, where um, it gets flipped on. He just lets it go past him and volleys it in from 25 yards. Or um, Sheriff's long range as well. It, they're two really good long range goals. I think for me, probably for me, it's that sixth goal that shades it. I just think it was just such a crisp hit. Um, and it was unstoppable, even if the keeper would have got a bit close to it. It was just hit with so much power. But yeah, interesting. Again, I think we should do a poll about that and see what other fans have got to say. Um, I will ask you a review on the opposition, Ollie, but you don't. You, you might just swear <laughs> how rubbish they yeah, are. They were poor. <laughs> they, very, were very... poor. they were poor. Um, and for my top three, Ollie, I've, I've obviously went for Holt, the man of the match. He got most of the man of the match awards, reading the programmes back, um, which just seemed was fair enough for scoring five goals. I went for Davis second, and I went for Sheriff third. A little bit harsh on Thornton, but if there was one player I thought drifted out of it in the second half, it probably was Thornton, unfortunately. So I went Holt, Davis, Sheriff. Yep, that's fair enough. Fair what enough. Um, I think I'll go for Holt... Davis and then Thornton. Okay, yeah, that's fair enough. Oh, shit. Davis was class. Oh, God, if we could have a player like him again, Immor Nolan, those are the players we always miss. Where would um, you play Davis in a, in, a, in a modern formation? He's such a versatile player. Ten. I'd yeah, I, 10. I think I'd, I'd the ten, or I think he'd do really, really well in a four-three-three in that kind yeah. of Nolan role that he played for us yep. in that midfield three. I think he'd feel. I think given him centrally, he'd be able to influence the game. Whatever you did, you want someone sitting behind him. Um, that, that's what you'd always want. You'd want a little bit of cover for him to just let him go and do his business and, and he'd, he'd still be doing a job. But yeah, he's a bit old for it now, Ben Davis, unfortunately. So I don't think he's someone we could, we could ever wish to get back. Um, we all normally wrap these uh, Time Machine podcasts up, Ollie, with a little bit of a, a thought about what the manager had to say. And uh, yeah, good good thing was Paul Simpson did say something about it in the programme notes for the next programme. So yeah, he said he'd asked the lads to be professional um, to, the, to the game in, in the context that he knew they were going to arrest a few players. So he said, go and be professional. And they did, and they got a superb result um, on the night. He could not have asked for any more from the players. Um, that was about it. That's all he said. Um, ben Davis, in his notes, sort of covered it up. But he, he said he thought they were excellent from start to finish, and he thought it was brilliant how well they moved the ball around. 
Now, he talks about it being rare to win a game 7-0, but it was unbelievable to do it two times in three weeks, which is fair enough. If, if a player thinks that, I don't think we can disagree. Um, and described Holti as being on absolute fire and said that he was actually unplayable in the game, which, again, is a fair reflection of how well he did. And A. Plymouth, who's been on the podcast before, um, used to write an article in the programme that season, and I think he still does. He writes for a lot of things. Um, his pro- programme reflections were, our victory at Adams Park maybe can be summed up by the fact that I think that most of the 192 of us sat there in sheer disbelief. I remember looking at Busy Lad, who was sat down like a church mouse with Town 7-0 up. No chucking of scarfs that accompanied, accompanied many a performance of last season. It was, quite frankly, the best performance I've seen watching Town away. I've never seen Town so in control of a game, and I've never seen a striker like Grant Holt, who is a class above. And this is coming from Aidy, we've had on the podcast before, who's been going to the Town for a long time. For him to describe that as the, what did he call it, the, um, the best away Town performance, whatever it was, you know, that, that's fair, fair, good way to leave this podcast, Ollie. Uh, Fanny was there and, and describing it like that. Yeah, it's been a really good summary of the game. Mm, yeah. So it's a good one to watch. And yeah, if you haven't watched this game back, definitely go and watch it back. Even if you just, yeah, use um, use the moments, that the goals as a kind of guide. Yeah. Um, definitely watch 20 minutes. But yeah, go back and watch the goals. There's some really good ones. Definitely watch that whole first half. It's it's fantastic. It's a real pleasure to watch Shootown team play like that. And uh yeah, whenever lockdown finishes, I want I want that, Ollie. I want some, some exciting, entertaining football to watch. But we might be waiting a while yet. Um, so that's the end of the Timecast, uh, Time Machine podcast. We shall leave that there. Um, just to sort of reflect on other content, Ollie, we did put out a special this week uh, with, with uh, seven other fans, or seven of us all together, wasn't there, um, talking about COVID situation. So that's there for people to listen to, isn't it, at the moment? No, it is. Yeah, it's definitely worth listening. It was good fun making it as well. Yep, yeah, and we've talked. Uh, we've talked about trying to use that um, to do some more pods when. Football yeah, comes maybe back. do. Yeah. we were saying before we started when we maybe we'll do some get some different fans on. Do you know we always do a ten game review. Um, we yeah. always do a Christmas review. Um, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do some things like that. Um, yeah, and when when football comes back at some point, hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> we didn't we didn't quite get to the answer of that question about what we think is going to happen, do we? But uh, it's yeah. impossible. <laughs> it's it's moving on a daily basis. Um, I think it it's the um, naive naive of us um, to um, try to predict too much. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And in terms of content on the website this week, um, really good week last week, should just say. They put the conference season highlights out on the 8th of May, which was fantastic. And obviously this Wiccan game went out on the 10th of May, which we've just discussed. Um, but yeah, this week, it's Scouser Week uh, on Shoe Town's YouTube channel with Wednesday the 13th of May is Shoe Town 2, Liverpool 2 from this season. So yeah, that'll be a real good watch back again. To I've got it on my Skybox anyway, Ollie, but um, I'm sure, sure a lot of town fans have. Um, and then next Sunday, a game we'll be covering, which is going to be very interesting and very exciting, which is... Shubertown 2, Everton 1, in the FA Cup, 2003, um, which I put in this list here, best game in my lifetime, Molly. So we've got a lot to look forward to next week, haven't we? Yeah, no, some good games coming up. Good stuff. And apologies for this podcast being late this week. That's because we did the special last week. We were a bit slow getting this one done, but we'll still try and stick to our one time cast machine. Uh, We'll still try and stick to our one Satcast Time Machine pod a week. Um, if they are a bit late at the moment, you'll understand why with the situation. So appreciate everyone sticking with it um, and hope you enjoy it uh, when you're out doing some exercise now as the lockdown's been restricted a little, unrestricted a little bit. But yeah, hopefully everyone stays safe still, Ollie. That's the main message there, isn't it? Yeah, keep well and yeah. Um, we over at some point, I hope. Um, yeah. And we can go back to normal <laughs> and we can go back to watching games. Good stuff. Right, Ollie, I will catch you here next week for the Jemson-inspired Everton win. And uh, enjoy your week, guys. Cheers. Cheers, guys.